You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today I can talk to Clayton Blaha, who is a music manager. He's also the creator of Ferrari Jetpack, a music label. And I got to talk to him about what it's like managing for different artists out there, whether um, for songs or also he works in TV and film now, I believe. So we're going to talk about what it's like working in the entertainment industry and working as a manager for um, different artists out there. It was a great talk and I really enjoyed it and I hope you do too. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this interview with me. Your job was super interesting, so I can't wait to talk about it. So before we begin, I ask everybody this question in the beginning. Uh, what is your job title? Um, I am founder and CEO of Ferrari Jetpack. And what would you say your job description is? So what do you do? And can you like elaborate more on what you do? For sure. Um, <clears throat> I am a manager and consultant mostly in um, the music industry, um, and I've been dabbling a lot more in technology and uh, other forms of entertainment like television and film in the last couple of years. Um, I basically uh, help new technologies and processes and thoughts and um, trends kind of all integrate with the current uh, entertainment industry. So whether that those new elements be content from new creators like um, Polly Eifenet, uh, like visual artists um, who ha- or influencers um, or musicians or uh, writers, directors, whomever. Um, I kind of help navigate, I help those people um, navigate the world of entertainment while simultaneously helping institutional entertainment companies and technology companies understand the wants, needs, and desires of creators. Mm-hmm. So would you kind of say you're like the middleman between big companies and also the influencers and the people that are actually doing the work? Yeah, the creators, for sure. Mostly musicians. Um, I have, mm-hmm. I've i stayed away from influencers because, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, just due to bandwidth, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, help, I help create, anybody who's creating content, um, kind of uh, help monetize it, help them, um, you know, protect their rights and protect their intellectual property while also, yes, taking a commission on that. Mm -hmm. So, well, as someone that does something like that and does something on uh, by their own, sometimes we don't know what the legal aspects are of certain things and what PR and public relations and different things like that. So you would categorize it as you're the person that's doing all those things to help the creators. Correct, yeah. Um, yeah. And I do a little bit of everything now, but um, a manager's job is to make sure that everybody else is doing their job, right? So uh, I found myself in management just because I had basically done all of those jobs, and there was only one job left to do, which was to kind of oversee the productivity and the the alignment of all of those different elements. So for a musician, for example, um, you know, there's a very large team of people, depending on the size of the musician, it always grows. Right. But like your favorite musicians, whether they be somebody like Justin Bieber or um, Sean Mendez or whomever have massive teams of people. Um, and they're all, and all of those people are being 
told what to do and are all accountable to the manager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I've never managed a team that size, but I've been a part of teams that are about that size. And now I run my own teams myself. Mm. So did you always know that you wanted to do this from an early age? Um, Kind of. Yeah, actually. I mean, I didn't know what it was, what it was called, but I did always want to do what I'm doing uh, in a certain capacity. Mm. And honestly, I don't really want to do what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> if that makes uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. Always, that's kind of always how I feel. Uh, I'm never really happy with um, doing the same thing every day. So I'm always trying to diversify and create new lanes and new revenue streams for myself. But yeah, uh, I mean, I started I started pretty late. Um, I kind of like hustled and, and taught myself the ropes really young, um, but I didn't actually have a full-time job in the music industry until I was 25. Um, but upon upon getting there, things moved really, really quickly for me. And I, I was really fortunate enough to do some of the things that I never thought I'd be able to do like right off the bat. So as a result of that, I've kind of kept pushing along until I have my own company. That's what I do now. Mm -hmm. And what was kind of your pathway from, I guess, after high school to where you are today? How did you get to where you are today? Um, I was really lucky because my mother and my dad, uh, told me from very, from when I was really young um, that I could do whatever I wanted, but I should always make sure to love what I'm doing. And a lot of people, I don't, I don't uh, take that for granted. I recognize that it was a, a huge privilege to have parents that were that open-minded and supportive. A lot of people aren't as fortunate. And if your parents aren't as fortunate, uh, or if you're not as fortunate to have people in your life that are telling you those two things, then don't listen to those people. Because uh, they're wrong. Because you can do whatever you want, no matter who you are, and uh, it's always important to do things that you love. And that thing will always change, which is a good thing to keep in mind, also. And th- this is just in my personal experience. So yeah, I uh, I had left high school. Um, I had a very short stint in a um, like a uh, what do you call it? Like a trade school. Um, I left after a year. Um, didn't go back to college. Moved to San Francisco to skateboard um, and work in music however I could. So anybody that I met that either skateboarded or worked in music in any capacity, I would just ask them all the questions I could until they got sick of answering them. And then I'd, you know, in many cases, I formed really long-term friendships with people um, based on those shared interests, right? So, like, I think that I think the key is to figure out what your interests are and, like, was you know if you could do if you could do anything for the rest of your life without getting paid what would it be and then just go figure out how to get paid doing it um i learned very early that it wasn't going to be i wasn't going to be a musician because i was terrible um i was a producer and dj but like i was again i wasn't exceptional um i was a really bad skateboarder so i knew that wasn't on the cards uh in the cards excuse me but i did realize that i had a gift for connecting people for um putting ideas out there and helping them find a place in the market or kind of understanding how um, certain things could live uh, in media and, and on the internet, and the best ways to uh, position them for mass consumption. It's kind of how I fell into everything. So I, I was always a really strong writer too, thank God. Um, I think it's because I, I grew up uh, reading a lot and, you know, I was always a really good writer. So I, I kind of, um, I felt like that was something I could offer people. So I decided that I would tell them that I could write articles about their band. Um, and I started doing that. And then I eventually met with, uh, I, I, through skateboarding, I met these 
publishers of a magazine called Thrasher. It's a really big skateboard magazine. Um, they were like, you can write for us. And so I did that. And then I realized that um, I started getting emails from publicists because they wanted me to write about their bands. And then I realized that, that they were sending me emails that were basically articles about these bands. And I was like, I should just write those emails. I bet these people make more money. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of just kept going down that path. And then in 2010, um, I had a really uh, unfortunate series of events occur and it was, it was really heavy. And um, my life kind of fell apart. And I just decided that I was going to find that publicist and make her give me a job. I was going to go to South by Southwest and find this woman, Catherine Fraser, and make her give me a job. And I took a huge risk. I didn't have any money. I basically, uh, you know, had nowhere to stay and had no means of finding her. But I got really frustrated and ended up leaving without seeing her. But then she was standing in front of me in the security line at the airport when I left. And I just, my whole, you know, the whole thing paid off and I convinced her to give me a job. Uh, And she moved me to her home in Chicago, sight unseen, and like, just taught me everything because I was really, really willing to do what it took to be there, you know, and I, I demonstrated really early that like, I was, I would rather be homeless than not achieve the things that I wanted for my life, you know, and I almost uh-huh, was, uh-huh. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I've almost been homeless a couple times. Wow. Um, but, you know, not, not in the same way that um, other people mm-hmm. have, but just because I've, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of people are risk averse. I have very have a very large appetite for risk. It's like the thing that I, I that gets me most excited, and I love betting on myself. And when you bet on yourself, you stand to gain a lot more. And that's so that's what I've kind of the mantra I've always kind of had. And then I should mention, through her, she introduced me to Skrillex, who won eight Grammys and sold like thirty million records. He asked me to start a label with him. I started his publishing company for him too, um, and then you know i had a lot of like i mentioned i had a lot of early really early wins that i'm really i'm really fortunate about i'm really fortunate to have achieved that that early and then the only thing left was really to go start my own business and that's mm-hmm. what i've done so i know you kind of talked about wanting to always be in the music industry from even when you came out of high school so what was it that always made you want to focus on the music industry solely? I don't really know. I mean, that's a really good point. I think it was a lot of circumstance, right? And a lot of it has to do with technology. Um, music was really accessible. And it's hard for people your age probably to remember a time when we didn't have broadband internet. But I I grew up really poor. Um, like, I, I, you know, I, I had clothes, but most of them were from the thrift store. And I had to I've had a job ever since I've been working since I was 12. Like I've always had a summer job. Like I, um, so money wasn't like really abundant in my family. And I, my parents were really supportive as I mentioned though. And every time I would get my heart set on something, they would tell me that they would save up enough money to match me if I, if I worked all summer and saved up for it. So I did that with a computer because all my friends had gotten really into hacking and like Mm. being bad on the internet. And (laughs) This was like 1998, wow. um, and I, I saved up all summer, bought a really cheap computer that wasn't very good, but like I was really excited about it. And the, one of the first things I started doing was stealing music off of Napster, um, <laughs> because it was really easy. Because 
you couldn't down, you, I mean, you could, but it would take like four days. Literally, it would take like days to download a movie back then. There was no streaming. You had to download it. So like, you know, and then like I couldn't enjoy the movie while I was skateboarding. I wanted to listen to music while I was skateboarding. I wanted to listen to music that was in skateboard videos. So I would just go on the internet and steal it from Napster then burn CDs of it or like make tapes of it. And then, so I think that was it. I think it was just accessible. It was like the only, like, it didn't seem like I could make a movie very easily back then. Um, I wanted to, I was like really into like uh, filming and, and editing, but like the tools back then were so expensive to do that. I could just download uh, Fruity Loops, which is another thing I stole off the internet um, when it first came out and I started making beats. And, be, and like recording my own songs and stuff like that. And it was just like a really accessible thing um, just because uh, music is always the first thing typically disrupted by emerging technologies because it's the file sizes are very small. Um, that'll probably change uh, with, with 5G and all the things that are happening in, in uh, digital media and content like now, there's no telling like kids have access to, you know, you have more, you have a more powerful computer in your pocket or that I'm talking to yeah. on the phone right now than I could have ever dreamed of having when I was yeah. in high school. So it's a totally different world now, but that's how I got into music. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I guess we kind of shifted towards what you do now on a daily basis. So you're doing a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. You know, you have to actually like do what you're known for, which is working with creators for the brand and managing your creators but there's also i'm assuming like the business side of things so maybe like i don't know things we don't think about like taxes and paying yeah. employees and stuff like that too at the same time so what what are like the different things that you do um well on like yeah in terms of like a d the day-to-day -day, like i'm really i i make sure that there's a really good quote about management and it is there's Three, the three rules of management are get the money, never forget to get the money, and always remember to never forget to get the money. <laughs> so, like, that is the, the essential idea behind uh, management in general. Mm -hmm. It's just always be trying to create value, create and capture value for your clients. Whether mm -hmm. that's in touring, which it very often is in the music industry. Mm -hmm. Touring is where all the money is. Merchandising does great, too. Streaming can do well depending on your label situation and publishing situation. Um, but all of these different people are things that I have to make sure are doing their, everything they can do to make my client money. Because I'm, I only mm -hmm. make money when my client makes money. So mm -hmm. that's like the broad overview of that. And then I'm really fortunate to work with teams with like people who love what I do and love working with me. And I, it never feels like work, but I, I talk to my accountant. Um, who's the business manager of my management company and most of my clients, I talk to them at least three times a day, like every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because these are the guys that are best at getting the money, right? I'm not an accountant, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but I am really good at making sure people are doing what they're doing. You know, if my job is to make sure that my clients get paid, I'm going to talk to the accountant the most. Um, mm -hmm. And he does a great job of that. So he does payroll for me and he does uh, all of my taxes. Um, generally speaking, like people that are in my position now, um, because we can work remotely, we have iPhones, um, we can work from anywhere in the world. It's it's much easier to outsource certain things than it is to um, do them all yourselves, which I think was is a, something that's very different now. Like um, business man, every, every most management companies in um, in the music industry, at least, I, I 
to my knowledge, don't do their own taxes, you know, or like very few of them have like in-house financial representation just because there's other people that are so good at it. Um, Some do, but most don't. And then same with legal, like I have to look at deals all day, every day, like weeks, like every week I have to look at new paperwork, sign off on things. I'm really bad at it because it gets lost in my inbox and everybody gets mad because I owe them a signature. But um, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer. I have lawyers that work with me. Um, They take about 5% commission on deals that they do. Um, Business managers take 5%. Booking agents take 15%. uh, Management takes 15% to 20%. Um, So it's like all of these people are, are eating the hardest money. So you better mm-hmm. make it worth it because if mm-hmm. you're not, if they're not doing their jobs then they got to go. Mm-hmm. So you had a really unconventional way of getting to where you are today, but for a teenager today, would you still recommend uh, unconventional means to become a manager for a music artist or yeah. is there a what is like a conventional way like through college and what would you like study to become a manager for music i um i think that I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this because there's a lot of things that i wish i had learned earlier that i didn't know but also there's it doesn't matter what you know no one's gonna give you the opportunity to use like if you have a business degree you're not gonna be using it unless you're in a very fortunate position for quite a while so you'll probably forget everything by then anyway um so I'm a, in terms of the entertainment industry, I'm a huge advocate of learning as you go. And I don't necessarily recommend anybody go to, to college if they want to work in music. Um, if you want to be a lawyer, though, go, go to law school. If you want to, um, you know, if you, I don't, I think it's very seldom that anybody uh, absolutely need a business degree to work in the music business. But that's not to say that it wouldn't be valuable in some capacity. I also think that that I think that the music industry and the entertainment industry and content and intellectual property industries in general are changing and they're going to be favoring people that have a lot more business acumen and legal and financial acumen um, and less creative. I think that I think the music industry actually needs less creative or less people that think they're creative. Um, it needs operators. It needs doers. It needs people to get deals done and bring in money and to let creatives do what they want to do. So in that capacity, yeah, I do think that it would make sense to have some sort of business training, but it's also hard for me to say because I I can't speak from experience in that. You know, I just kind of clawed my way to where I'm at. Um, but I think it's more importantly, like amount, like I think when you're in high school, for example, the best thing you can do is like look around and and see what you're good at and what you like doing and find, figure out something in any industry. If it's the music industry, if you're really good at math and you uh, love opera, like there's a job for you somewhere. And there's not a lot of people gunning for that job probably because it's opera and numbers. So like go figure out like where those two intersect, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like for me, I was a writer, as I mentioned, it was storytelling and marketing and publicity are basically just storytelling. Like you're just trying to amplify the stories of people. So I figured that that's how I found my my role as a publicist was like, I was just like, I'm just really good at writing and telling stories. Like I'm good at writing. I like working with musicians. Then I was a publicist, you know? Um, so like, I would just suggest doing that with anything that you're trying to do, but if you're specifically in music, like there's a role, I mean, there's a role for everybody. Like if you're really good with, like if you're a really good, like 
engineer and you love electronic music, like you could design synthesizers. Like people don't think of that as like being in the music industry technically, but like probably would scratch the itch for you if that's what you wanted to do, you know? And and then also I think a lot of people fall into this trap where they think that what they're doing right out of high school, they're going to be doing for the next 10 years. And it's like not the reality anymore. That might've been the case for like maybe the generation before me, but like I have a different career every year. I feel like, like I'm always kind of doing using similar skills, but like last year I was working on producing a film and like film and television product project this year. I'm working on like a lot more on the finance and uh, technology side. Like I still manage artists, but like I'm always like developing new skill sets and, getting paid for that and applying for them and like applying them to, to new problems. So no matter what you're doing, if you think about everything that you're doing as a set of problems, go find the problems that you can solve the best and then figure out new problems that you want to solve and use your skills to do that. I guess we can kind of shift it towards what you do. So what is your daily schedule like? What do you do on a daily basis? from when you wake up to like at the end of the work day? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it used to be a lot more interesting, um, but uh, as you get older, you get more boring and I'm 34 now. So uh, I'm really enjoying how boring my life is, but it's never boring to me. It's just like the adventure is in my mind and not in my daily activities. But I normally wake up around 6.37 workout because that's another thing that no one tells you in high school. But like when you turn 30, you start getting fat if you don't work out all the time. So you have to take care of your body. Like I, I remember waking up in my twenties and just no matter what I did the night before, no matter how much rest I got, no matter like how I was eating, I always felt like ready to go right in the morning. But like, if I don't take care of myself now and I don't um, get to be- get enough rest, if I don't eat well, um, if I drink too much the night before, or if I um, drink coffee too late in the day, it all really starts to accumulate and add up and like affect my well being, and, and I feel like it affects my productivity. So I just try to wake up early, work out. Um, I never eat breakfast. I almost never eat breakfast. Um, I actually wake up around 6.37, drink a lot of coffee, then work out, then drink more coffee. And then I normally start doing my phone calls around 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I'm normally uh, either emailing people, text messaging people, or messaging on WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal, um, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, Twitter, um, SMS. Um, I, I think at last count, I used 11 different messaging apps to work. Um, I use Slack a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it depends on where your clients are, right? Like you have to find people on their native platforms, um, but not on all of them. So I start just sending out messages and like getting deals going and getting work done um, on my phone. Uh, and then I normally do calls starting at like 9, 10, 11, um, and I'm on calls for a good part of the day, whether that's just checking in with my clients that I manage and telling them like the progress of certain things that are going on in their career um, or tell them like bad news or good news. It really sucks when it's bad news, but it happens. Um, and then, yeah, and then I have normally have like a lunch meeting where I'm like drumming up new business, which is like meeting people that are inside or outside of the industry that I haven't met before. Um, telling them what I do, telling them my story, listening, most importantly, absorbing what they tell you and beginning to acknowledge and figuring out where you guys can connect and like different commonalities. And and then you discuss uh, ways that you could potentially add value to what each other are doing. 
if at all. Sometimes it's a total waste of time, and that sucks. Um, then I come back and normally have meetings in the afternoon um, because so much of my work happens in New York, London, and um, elsewhere that's east of here. Um, the emails start really slowing down around 3.30 or 4. Um, so that gives me a good opportunity to do some catch-ups, um, maybe put, up, put together some proposals, uh, which is what I find myself doing a lot in terms of business development. Like I have to like, you know, pitch and, and tell people like, you know, like get new ideas going so that I can get paid for new crazy things. Um, and then I often, uh, you know, do a dinner meeting, um, or I work out at night and then I try to be in bed by 10 30 or 11. doesn't normally work out that way, but I try. I'm almost always in bed by midnight though. And then mm -hmm. try and get, you know, six to eight hours of sleep. Mm. So what kind of personality traits do people need to have to be successful in what you do? That's a great question. Um, I think that you have to care. I think that at the end of the day, you have to care about other people um, in some capacity. Even though that only, I mean, a lot of people I do believe in this industry think that they care about people, but actually they don't care about people or they care about the wrong people. But I think to be truly, I mean, we should really redefine, like define what success is, right? Like how do you mm -hmm. define success, I guess? For me, mm -hmm. success is helping other people. It's success mm -hmm. is knowing that every day you wake up and you make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you can't do that unless you're wealthy. <laughs> so like, it's, it's tough. Like, it's always like a, a struggle, you know, like figuring out the balance between taking care of yourself and positioning yourself so that you can pull other people up and also just helping people on a daily basis. And that's always, that's been a really difficult thing for me because I think I've spent, I wouldn't say a wasted, but I spent a lot of time helping people that didn't, didn't necessarily not reciprocate, but weren't just weren't in a position to, you know? Um, so I love helping people. And I think that, I think that is my, that is the only way to achieve my definition of success. Um, I think if you're success and, and also that's fulfilling. Um, I think if your definition of success is to be really wealthy, I wouldn't say get in, that you should get into the music industry or the entertainment industry in general. I think there, there are wealthy people in it, but I think that they rise. I think they're, they're like the most, visible and there's a lot of people that are just like working normal ass jobs not buying houses not going on elaborate vacations like just grinding it out and those people are still very successful because they get to do what they love every day right i would say that if you want to be successful in terms of financial like like if you're going to, it's the stupidest advice but like it makes so much sense now in mm -hmm. hindsight like if you want to be rich go into finance <laughs> Like why mm -hmm. there should be nothing between you and the money, right? There's so much, there's so many things. <laughs> uh -huh. between, there's so many things between me and money and I'm okay with that because I enjoy it. I love it. I love uh -huh. always like building new things and I've done very well for myself. I'm not like upset at all. Like I'm uh -huh. the only, I'm the first person in my family own a car with leather interior. Um, mm. Like it's, it's, I'm not complaining at all, but like it's a mm -hmm. set of challenges that I selected for myself. But if you mm -hmm. want to just be stupid rich, just go into finance, like figure that out because you will be rich and everybody <laughs> will, you might be hated by a lot of people. You might, uh. <laughs> you might collapse the U S economy or the global economy as happened in 2008, <laughs> but that's not to say you, you personally won't be wealthy. I don't advocate uh -huh. that choice, but like a lot of people probably would make it for me. I think successful is finding the balance where I'm comfortable. I can call and I can just basically take a week off anytime I want and not have to fucking worry about it. Um, I, I think that, that creative, uh, freedom is really nice. Like I get to work with creative people. I get to feel like my creative ideas are validated. 
Um, and I get, you know, I make money. That's great. Um, so I would say that, that, uh, I would say that, that upon that definition of success, like you'd have to want to be able to help people. Um, and that's a great trait to have in any capacity. I would also say that communication skills, like in the, like a lot of what I do is negotiating, it's deal making, it's, um, schmoozing, it's asking for favors and doing other people favors. If you don't understand the intricacies and like subtleties of human communication, that part of the job is much more difficult. And I definitely know people like that. And I'm like, who like raised you? Like, why are you talking to me like that? Like, just, you know, like, don't, don't be a, don't be a jerk. Or some other times I'm just like, I don't understand what you're saying because you're not even barely speaking or like not speaking the same language, even though you're from California. Like it's like, I don't mean that in the literal sense. I mean, like just in terms of values and the ways that people communicate, it's just, I think if you're, if you're a capable and diverse communicator who can speak to the values and I, and uh, like to the, the values and the eccentricities, I guess, of, of, creatives like you're gonna do great because they're creative mm -hmm. people are very weird in many cases but if you're like kind of like a chameleon and you're like able to just like be comfortable in any situation and communicate effectively in them then you'll probably stand to do pretty well in entertainment mm. when you say entertainment do you consider it like music only or do you also can talk about like film and tv and all those other forms i honestly don't yeah i think that i call it entertainment now because i think that maybe three years ago there was a difference but now i don't actually believe that there's any difference uh, -huh. uh i think it's all the same thing if you notice like people mm -hmm. your age um in gen z you can you consume all of your entertainment through the same device to mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so whether it's a podcast whether it's an instagram influencer whether it's uh, a YouTube actor, whether it's somebody on Netflix, whether it's a rapper, like it's all coming through your phone, and it's and in every capacity, like there's no hit songs without music videos anymore. It's all the same thing. It's just content. So there's creators, and there's distribution. The people that are going to win in entertainment are the people that own the content and the distribution. I'm giving away the secret sauce here, but like this is the future that I'm talking about. So no, I don't. I don't think there is any difference. I think the more you can regard things as content or distribution the better you are. So do you think that uh, all forms of entertainment are like the same in that there are the same jobs like managers, publicists, accountants, and all those other things? Definitely. Yeah. Are they, yeah. It's all the same. It's all the exact same. Again, like uh -huh. three, three years ago, that might not have been the case. And uh -huh. a lot of people don't feel the same way that I do, but a lot of people are stupid. Um, <laughs> a lot of people will say like, oh, no, I'm a music manager. I or like I'm a music lawyer, like I, I do music deals. That uh -huh. is a complete farce. There's actually no standard like record deal. People will tell you that, but that's because they're trying to screw you. Like mm -hmm. there's actually no like like there's copyright law, but that's just law. Like there's mm -hmm. there's lawyers and then there's not lawyers. So <laughs> and there's accountants, like uh -huh. money comes into the bank account, money leaves the bank account. Uh, uh -huh. Money is come, like comes from different sources, but at the same at the end of the day, like accountants are accountants, managers are uh -huh. managers. Like there's a reason there's a manager at McDonald's because uh -huh. he makes sure the hamburgers get out. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, a manager uh -huh. in the music industry makes sure the records get out. It's really uh -huh. no, it's no different. You just make things happen. You solve problems, and those problems uh -huh. can exist across any different title or demographic. Like it doesn't make any mm -hmm. difference. 
If you can do one really well and serve the needs of your clients, you can do it across any other uh, industry, really. Like, I mean, I'm not going to manage a fishing boat, but like, um, I can, you know, I definitely worked really closely with uh, screenwriters and um, mm-hmm. visual artists and filmmakers. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you, uh, what would you say is your advice to a teenager that wants to work in the entertainment industry as a manager or run their own business in the entertainment industry? They move to Los Angeles and go get a job at Starbucks, start interning as much as <laughs> uh-huh. you can and meeting people uh-huh. and working for free. And uh-huh. if they tell you that they don't take interns, just tell them that you'll, you'll do whatever they need. And if they tell you something that you don't know how to do, tell them that you'll figure it out and then Google mm-hmm. it or ask somebody else and just get mm-hmm. it done. Because that mm-hmm. is all a manager does is get it done. All the mm-hmm. only job is to make sure it gets done. Uh-huh. And if you can do that, eventually people will start paying you for it mm-hmm. and just be nice to people. Like if you're nice and you, mm-hmm. and you, and like you make people feel valid, they are going to want to keep you around. And when eventually mm-hmm. you say, Hey, I need you to pay me because I don't want to work at Starbucks anymore. And then it'll mm-hmm. happen. I guess as we're nearing towards the end of the interview, I have one last question for you. Um, what do you want to do or keep doing? Like what are your future plans? Um, I want to create new incentive and governance structures for the content industries, um, and I want that uh-huh. to be inclusive of new payment methods that are more technologically advanced than the ones that are now. I want to disintermediate a lot of the processes of the entertainment industry, and I, by that I mean get rid of more middle, get rid of people that don't really do anything. Um, in many cases, mm-hmm. I believe those to be major labels, um, mm-hmm. and I want to increase. The revenue that creators make. Um, I want to read again. I want to redesign an entire paradigm mm-hmm. of how value is transferred through digital content industries. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to wow. do. It's going to wow. take it's going to take a lot of people and a lot of help. Um, but that's pretty much where my head's at. Is that I think I can do it. I I know I can. Um, uh-huh. It's just going to take a lot of people kind of coming up for air and realizing that this industry is fundamentally really really fucked up and like. Uh-huh. And like not necessarily as efficient as like most other institutional enterprise level industries. Uh huh. So yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode of the podcast. I want to say thank you so much to Clayton for doing this episode. Just a really motivational story, and also um, it's just like a job that I guess we we know about all of the music artists in the world right now but we don't know what goes behind the scenes what they have to do with record deals the legal aspects the money aspects so it was great to hear about that behind the scenes about what um you do and it was just really amazing to just listen to how you got to where you are and the different things that you did so i just want to say thank you so much thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to me super appreciate you thank you um i hope uh, i hope to just find uh, I hope people find it informative and excited. Uh... Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are whether you make it or not.